Thank you for tuning in to the RPC Sermon Series podcast. You're about to hear a live sermon, which was recorded at our 11 a.m. contemporary service. We are thrilled to share it with you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being in worship with us today. It's a joy to know that even though we are separated in body, we are still united in the spirit of Jesus Christ as the family of faith here at Roswell Presbyterian Church. Last week, Carrie Weatherford concluded our two-week mini-series on Eastertide, looking at the ongoing implications of Easter. A fantastic sermon where she even name-dropped Aristotle and Thomas Aquinas. My heart was strangely warmed. It's the small things that brighten our days these days. Today kicks off a four-week series that we're going to look at the life of Elijah. His life represents the shaping of a person into a man of God. His story, I believe, is relevant to all of us. When I chose this text, today's text, I had no idea how appropriate it would be for our current context. Elijah lives a life where he must wrestle with life and with death, but more importantly, how God brings life out of death. Elijah was one of the most famous prophets in the Bible, where he lived in hard times and he rose to the challenge. That's why we remember him. By the time he came along, the northern kingdom had 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 19 evil kings in a row. Yeah, not just bad kings, evil kings. And now there's King Ahab. And the Bible tells us that King Ahab was the worst king. He was more evil than all of the kings that had gone before him. And he was married to a woman named Jezebel. And Jezebel was pretty evil in her own right. And so Elijah is called to bring a word of the Lord to Ahab. So let's read this great story to see what Elijah does. It comes from 1 Kings 17, verses 1 through 7. Now listen for the word of the Lord. Now Elijah the Tishbite of Tishba and Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord, the God of Israel, lives, before whom I stand, there shall be neither dew nor rain these years except by my word. The word of the Lord came to him, saying, Go from here and turn eastward and hide yourself by the wadi Cherith, which is east of the Jordan. You shall drink from the wadi, and I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord. He went and lived by the wadi Cherith, which is east of the Jordan. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning, and bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the wadi. But after a while, the wadi dried up, because there was no rain in the land. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we ask that in the next few moments you might be our teacher, that you might speak a word that only you can speak, that your spirit might cause these words that may appear lifeless, just dead ink on a page, they might spring to life and they might speak to hearts wherever we are, or that you might shape us as you shaped Elijah. Now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Have you ever had something bad happen to you that it took a while to see from a different perspective? Well, I have. I'm going to tell you a story that I've never publicly spoken about. I feel like I've finally come to an emotional place where I can tell you this story. A number of years ago, I was serving a church in Midtown Atlanta in Young Adult Ministries. 
me and a couple buddies came up with this idea that we we're going to give a, a mystery tour of Georgia. We we're going to take the church bus and fill it up with young adults, and we we're going to drive around Georgia seeing uh, lesser known historic sites. I'd really built this event up. We were going to have food and drinks. We we're going to play trivia and games. I bought all these prizes at Richard's Variety store. It was going to be awesome. And it was a tough ticket to get. People were so excited about it. So the night of the event came. Before we went, I went by myself and picked up a cup of Starbucks coffee. Then I went back to get the bus. Now, this was a smaller church bus. It could um, hold about 20 people. I'd driven it a bunch of times. I'd driven it back and forth to mission trips in Bay St. Louis. This was not my first rodeo. Now, the church bus is parked permanently in the bottom of the parking deck at the church. And all the supplies were at the top. So I, I went down to get the bus. And I was going to drive it up the ramp uh, to pick up the supplies. And as I'm driving along, uh, there's this political talk show that's blaring from the radio. So I, I reach down to turn it down. And as I reach down, all of a sudden, wham! My face goes forward. My face hits the steering wheel. The coffee comes up at my face. Fluid is falling down on my head. I look up and I can see that there is now a sunroof above me. And I can see the parking lot roof. I get out of the car and I kind of come to my consciousness and I'm looking around and I look out and I see, oh no, the bus doesn't fit. That's right, I completely ripped off the fiberglass roof. I was deeply worried. <laughs> what have I done? So I decided I had to call the church business administrator to tell him about what had happened. Now this guy was the guy, he put business in business administrator. So I call him and I think, I am going to get fired. So I said, uh, hi, Roger. I, I think I just totaled the church bus. How? Well, oh, no, I didn't hit another car. In fact, I didn't even make it out of the parking lot. Well, up, I hit it driving up the ramp. That was one of the worst nights of my life. I wondered, should I start getting my resume? Ready? Well, have you ever had to call someone with bad news? Have you ever had to relay information that might put you in harm's way? Elijah has to do that. He has to bring a tough word to an evil king. And this is not a way to stay healthy. But Elijah brings the tough word and then he flees to the desert. It's got to be safe. Well, when I chose this sermon series, I didn't think it would be so applicable to our current situation. Most of us, many of us, have had to flee into our own private deserts. We are stuck inside our homes that have become private deserts. What do we do? What do we do when we're lost, hiding in the desert? I think Elijah's experience can offer us some really great practical tips for our own experience to guide us through this time. In verse 2, it reads, The word of the Lord came to him, saying, Go from here and turn eastward and hide yourself by the Wadi Cherith, which is east of the Jordan. Number one, you have to listen for the word of the Lord. Listening for the word of the Lord. Many of us, myself included, live such 
busy, hectic lives in the before times that we never had space to listen to God. Oh, have we been brought to our knees now. We've realized we are not really in control. In fact, we've been humbled. I think that's a good thing because before we can hear the word of the Lord, we need to become humble. Hearing the word of the Lord starts and begins with humility. One of my favorite books about listening for God's voice is a, a book titled Hearing God by the writer Dallas Willard. Dallas was a, a hardcore philosophy professor at USC. No Lindsay Slocum, not University of South Carolina, University of Southern California. And he was a philosopher there, but on the side he had a, a hobby of writing spiritual um, discipline books about spiritual formation, speaking about the spiritual life. He and Richard Foster started an organization called Renovare, whose mission was to build and form people spiritually. He wrote a ton of really good books. Well, in Hearing God, Dallas Willard says that before we can ever hear God's voice, we need to begin with what he calls the grace of humility. The grace of humility, he goes on to write. Our being humble allows God to speak to us because he knows we will not misuse his word. Lack of humility creates problems. See, humility prevents us from misusing God's voice and God's word. For instance, there was a college student I once knew, and she told me one time that a guy at her school had asked her out. And she said, he said, yeah, the guy said to me, God told me that we should date. I asked her how she responded, and she said, well, I told him, too bad God didn't tell me the same thing. Sorry, no way. I told her, you're very wise. When we experience the grace of humility, we will avoid the temptation to misuse God speaking to us. It's true, we have to experience the grace of humility before we can truly hear God's voice. I think we are all experiencing this humility now. So the Lord tells Elijah in verse 4, he says, You shall drink from the wadi, and I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. Point number two is, look for the ravens. When you find yourself in the desert, when you're at the end of your rope, when you're exhausted, look for the ravens. Look for what is going to bring you life. Now, for those of us who grew up in the mid-90s, I hope today's sermon title raised your eyebrows a little bit. It's an allusion to the boys to men ballad, Waters Run Dry. It's a song about being stuck in a bad relationship. The chorus goes like this. Let's not wait till the water runs dry. We might watch our whole lives pass us by. Let us not wait till the waters run dry. We'll make the biggest mistake of our lives. Don't do it, baby. The narrator of the song is saying, let's break up before the waters of our relationship run dry, before we needlessly hurt each other, before we get angry, before we don't even know what we're arguing about anymore. Let's focus in on what brings us life. At a time like this, we are in the desert. Don't focus on the sand. Look for the ravens. Over the past two months, I've really been trying to focus in on what brings me life. I've done this in various ways. I've decided I'm finally going to finish that Bruce Springsteen Born to Run autobiography. I ordered a frozen pizza from Lou Malinati's in Chicago. It was amazing. <laughs> I called and talked to old friends who I hadn't talked to in years. I pressure washed our patio. Well, more accurately, I paid someone to pressure wash it. 
but the point still stands. It's clean now. I'm trying to focus in on the ravens that bring me life. What brings you life? Don't focus on the desert. Focus on the ravens that come to bring you sustenance. Someone the other day told me with a huge smile on her face that she got a 42-point word in Scrabble. That brought her life. Another person described her son going on a virtual date with his girlfriend who lives in another state. They both made pasta, had a glass of wine, and his mom told me he even dressed up. Another mom I know pulled an all-nighter with her son just because it sounded fun and brought life to her son. It's insane to be fed by ravens. But if you find yourself in the desert and a raven brings you food, you eat it. We are in our own deserts right now. Let's look for the ravens. Even if it's crazy, let's accept the sustenance that they offer us. We need it. The passage continues in verse 5. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the wadi. The third principle is live today. Many people have emailed me asking about when will the church open back up? When will life go back to normal? What, what are we going to do next year? What if this happens again? All of these are good questions. Unfortunately, I don't have an answer for any of them. We kid ourselves into thinking that we can predict the future. We can't, especially at a time like this. We are not in control. In times like this, it's important to live today. Don't live tomorrow. Get through today. Make sure you're taking care of yourself and your family. Sleep. Eat as well as you can. Get some exercise. Focus in on doing what needs to be done today. I may have told you this story before, but it's one of my favorites. A number of years ago, I read the autobiography of Keith Richards, the guitarist for the Rolling Stones, and it's exactly what you think it would be. It's sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Well, Keith eventually gets addicted to heroin, and people keep trying to get him to kick it, but he can't. They try to get him to rehab, and he won't, and there's one moment where his manager tells the story that one day the Stones are preparing to go on tour, and she sees that Keith has started using again. She comes up to him and she says, you need to go to rehab. He says, I'll do it after the tour. Let's talk tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. Let's talk about it tomorrow. And then his manager had some wise words. She says, Keith, today is tomorrow. Today is tomorrow. That stopped him in his tracks. He entered rehab and got clean and never used again. Focusing too much on the future distracts us from living life today. God wants to use this time to help us grow in surprising new ways. Let's do it. What do we need to do today? Live today. The story goes on in verse 6. But after a while, the wadi dried up because there was no rain in the land. Fourth principle is love the people God sends your way. After the wadi dries up, Elijah goes to a town called Zarephatha. And while he's there, he befriends a woman and her son. Elijah asks her to make him a meal. But the woman says she's running out of supplies. In fact, she says, we're probably all going to die from starvation. They are in dire straits, not the band. But Elijah intervenes and he works a miracle so that they have enough food and oil to survive. Elijah takes care of the people who are right in front of him. 
In fact, in the very next section, the boy becomes deathly ill and even appears to have died. And Elijah intervenes and works another miracle and brings life out of death. Elijah takes care of the needs that are set before him. He takes care of what needs to be done today. He loves the people that are in front of him. He doesn't worry about King Ahab, his wife Jezebel. He doesn't worry about next year. He doesn't worry about tomorrow. He takes care of what needs to be done today. He loves the people that God sets before him. There's a lot of wisdom in that. Here at RPC, we're trying to do the same thing. We're trying to take care of the people that God sets before us. We're taking food over to the Oaks and Groveway where folks need food. We've collected a ton of supplies, passing them out, giving them to people who need it, partnering with our mission partners, making sure they have the resources to do the critical ministry that needs to be done today. We're trying to take care of those folks in North Metro Atlanta who need help. How we respond to our present circumstances will be remembered for a long time. I would love to have seen Elijah as an old man sitting around the campfire with his grandchildren. And he's telling them about the adventures of his youth. He says, I know it sounds crazy, but we had 19 evil kings in a row. And the worst one yet, God tells me to take a word to him, a tough word. So I do it. And then I hightailed it into the desert. And I'm there in the desert. And I don't know what I'm going to do. But guess what, kids? Ravens come and feed me. The ground... Grandchildren are a little suspicious of old grandpa Elijah. Elijah says, no, I'm totally serious. I was fed by ravens. The grandchildren are like, our grandpa's the coolest. <laughs> it's funny. When I finally left that church in Midtown before coming to RPC, the staff threw a, a party to send me off. and They gave me a few fun gifts. The business administrator presented me with a letter notifying my future church to never let me drive the church bus. Everyone cracked up laughing, even me. It took me a long time to have that perspective, to find the humor in it, but eventually I did. We are all going to eventually be able to look back on this time, have different perspective, and we're gonna look back and see how we responded to it. Let's respond like Elijah. Let's listen for God's voice. Let us look for the ravens that are trying to bring us life. Let us live today and let tomorrow take care of itself. Let us love those whom God sets before us. If we find ourselves in a desert, let's live like Elijah. Let's pray. Gracious and loving God, we thank you for the witness of Elijah. Thank you what he did, how he had courage. He loved those you set before him, how he didn't worry about the future. He didn't worry about Ahab and Jezebel. And I pray that you might shine your light into our present darkness, that we might experience you in new ways. Lord, that you might teach us, form us as you did Elijah. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to the RPC Sermon Series podcast. If you'd like more info about Roswell Presbyterian Church, check out our website at roswellpres.org.